Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. On today's program, John will be continuing his series on the book of Revelation with the second part of his message, Do Christians Have a Hedge of Protection? It's interesting, between services this morning, Dad and I were talking about this sermon. He said, I'll tell you, there's a verse in Job you could use that's a perfect illustration of what you're talking about. And so uh, I looked it up between services, and lo and behold, he's right. He's exactly right. So I want, us to sh- I want to show you this this morning. You know how Job was a good and godly man, and in verse 1 it says uh, that Job was, uh, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evils. Job was a good, good man. Verse 6, now there came a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Now the devil's in heaven. This is after he's been cast out of heaven, but as we've said, he still has access to heaven. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered to the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in all the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Now look at verse 10. This is what my dad was telling me about between services. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse your face. He will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hold on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So Satan goes to God and says, Job's got this protective hedge. No wonder he praises you. No wonder he worships you. Job never has any problems in his life. He said, but God, if you let that hedge down, you let me bring some problems into Job's life, Job's going to curse you to your face. God basically said to Satan, you don't know Job as well as I do. You think Job serves me because of how good I've been to him. What you don't understand is Job serves me because he loves me. His heart is pure. He's not just serving me because he didn't have any problems. And so God allowed the devil to rattle Job's cage to bring some problems into his life. Health problems, lost his kids, which is the worst imaginable thing that could ever happen. All these things, he lost his finances, his, his money, his livestock. It was a terrible thing that Job went through. But what I'm wanting you to see is today, before the devil brought any of those things into Job's life, they had to pass through the protective hedge. And part of the hedge, even for Old Testament saints, is the blood of Jesus Christ. You say, well, now, wait a second. Jesus hadn't even shed his blood yet. Well, not in actuality, but in the mind of God he had. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And so Old Testament saints, they were saved by the blood of Jesus just like we are. They just look forward to it. We look backwards to it. But the blood's the only thing that ever saved anybody. And so Job, in an Old Testament sense, had the blood of Jesus Christ as part of that protective hedge around him. And so when Satan began to bring these problems into Job's life, those problems had to get God's permission, first of all. And one of the things they had to pass through was the blood of Christ. When they passed through the blood, they became sanctified for God's purposes. Now, that's a great Old Testament example. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'll show you a New Testament example. 
You think Job was godly. How about the Apostle Paul? He's the greatest Christian who ever lived. Loved God with all of his heart. Wrote 13 letters in the New Testament. May have written 14 if he wrote Hebrews anonymously. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. But we know he wrote 13 letters. And so there's no question that Paul loved God with all of his heart. And in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, we read uh, in the first part of that chapter that, that uh, Paul had had an experience where God had allowed him to go up to heaven. And he had been taken to heaven and had a vision of paradise. And yet in verse 7, we read that Paul went from having a vision of heaven to having a problem. Look in verse 7. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now, what is this thorn? We don't know. Some think it was an eye problem because we read in Galatians that Paul had an issue with his eyesight. And so maybe that's what his problem was. Maybe it was some other physical problem. Maybe it wasn't even physical. We just don't know. But we read a thorn in the flesh was given to me. We, so I guess if we didn't read the rest of the verse, we might just think, well, God gave him the thorn to keep him humble. So he's had this experience of going to heaven. He might get the big head. So God gave him a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. But it didn't come from God. Look at the next phrase. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of, what's the next word in your Bible? Satan. Doesn't say a messenger of God. A messenger of Satan to buffet me or to beat me or to hurt me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. You bet he did. I would have too. Here he's got this thorn, this problem in his life. He's saying, God, take it away. Look in verse 9. And Jesus said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so this thorn in the flesh, think about this, it came from the devil. But in order to get to Paul's life, it had to pass through this five-layer hedge. Jesus had to sign off on it. The Father had to sign off on it. The Holy Spirit had to sign off on it. The angels had to let it come in. And the blood of Jesus Christ was the fifth layer. And when that thorn came from the devil into Paul's life, watch what happened. It passed through the blood. And when it passed through the blood, the blood sanctified it. The blood set it apart for God's purposes. And so something that had originally been intended by the devil to do Paul harm now is being used by God to do Paul good. You see, God's the only person in the world who can take something that the devil intends to destroy us and use it to develop us and to make us stronger and to make us the people he wanted to be and to make it, to turn it around so much. Sometimes I go through things in my life, I say, God, I just pray you'll take this situation and turn it around, just like you did for Joseph in the Old Testament. They meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Romans 8, 28 in the New Testament, all things work together for good. God, turn it around, turn it around. See, God turned this thing around for Paul, and Paul is saying, I will I, boast, I, I boast now in my infirmity, for I've learned that when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And so that thorn passed through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when it passed through, the blood sanctified it. And the blood set it apart for God's purposes. And so now this thorn in Paul's flesh was no longer really an agent of the devil. Now it has become an agent for God. And now it's not working against Paul. It is working for Paul. Think of the verse in the Bible. In the Old Testament, Isaiah 54, 17, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. 
Here's what it says. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Say that with me. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, I wish that verse said, no weapon shall ever be formed against you. Wouldn't that be good? I mean, just, I just want you to know you're saved. No weapon will ever be formed against you. No accidents, no tragedies, no illnesses, no heartaches, no flooded houses, uh, no houses burning down to the ground. No, none of that's going to happen. No weapon shall ever be formed against you. That's what it says. It says no weapon formed against you. The implication is there will be along the road of life some weapons formed against us. Here's the good news. None of them will prosper. Why won't they prosper? Because they've got to pass through the five-layer hedge. And when they get to the fifth layer, the blood of Jesus Christ, what does the blood do? The blood sanctifies it. And the blood takes what the devil meant for bad and turns it around for good. And now what was intended to destroy you, discourage you, defeat you, and cause you to turn away and run away from God and denounce your faith in God, now that same thing is being used to strengthen your faith, to develop your character, to purify your life, to increase your witness for Jesus Christ. You see, the blood is a cleansing agent, it is a sanctifying agent. So anything, this is, this is life-changing. And this is why today I'm pausing a little bit on our study in Revelation because when I woke up last Monday morning, it was like God, before I ever got out of bed, it was like God said to me, John, you preached a sermon last week about how we overcome the devil with the blood of the lamb. And it was a good sermon about the accusations come, we trust Christ. But what you need to do is get out there this Sunday, first of all, apply it to your own life and then get out there Sunday and realize it's not just accusations that the devil is bringing against us. It's circumstances. It's other people, it's illnesses, it's accidents, it's deaths, it's tragedies, it's heartache, it's confusing situations in life. Many of these things are being instigated by the devil, but what you need to help everybody understand and what you need to understand in your own life is in order for any of those things to get in the life of one of my children, they have to pass through the hedge and when they pass through the blood, they become sanctified and they become set apart for my purposes in their life. And so by understanding that, we can overcome the devil. It's, it's kind of like that verse, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. We like read that verse and go into the next verse. What are we going so quickly for? The Bible is telling us how we can have victory over the devil regardless of what he brings in our life. We can overcome the devil. We talk about how powerful and strong the devil is, and he is. He's a roaring lion, seeing whom he made devour, stronger than we are, more experienced than we are. He's got every advantage over us except this. As children of God, we have Jesus Christ living in us, and greater is he who is in us than he who is living in the world, 1 John 4, 4. And so we can overcome the devil if we'll do what? If we will we'll trust the blood. And I say, God, not only has the blood cleansed me from my sins, but the blood has sanctified every bad thing that has come into my life and set it apart for God's purposes. And so now, God, whether it's cancer or whether it's an illness or whether it's a broken heart or whether it's some situation that makes sense, it doesn't matter. Now I can say, God, it is sanctified for your purpose in my life. And it is something that you will use to strengthen my faith, something you'll use to purify my character, something you'll use to, to, to make me more like Jesus Christ. But think about this. You still listen? Say amen. It is also something that God will use if you'll respond properly. That thing, that thing you've been through in your life, you know what it is. If you will respond properly, God will use that to be a blessing to somebody else. See, it's not all about you. So many times we go through things and say, God, what are you trying to do in me? Well, God may say, you know, not a whole lot. It's not just about you. 
What I'm trying to do, there probably are things God's always trying to do in us, but what God may be saying, the primary purpose of what you're going through is not even for you. It's for somebody else. Job went through what he went through thousands of years ago, and we're being blessed by it today. Paul had a thorn in the flesh 2,000 years ago, and we're being blessed by Paul's thorn today because both men responded appropriately. So what is God saying? God's saying, it's not just about you. It's how I want to use this in, in your life to be a blessing to somebody else. I'll give you a perfect example. A few weeks ago, this tropical storm Imelda came through the Houston area, mainly north and east of us. And the community of Winnie was really devastated by this. In fact, some people from our church, one of our uh, teams went out, went to Winnie, spent a week there, worked with the Samaritan's Purse, trying to pull carpet. They pulled carpet out of houses and cut sheetrock and trying to help those people uh, to rebuild their houses and to rebuild their lives. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that the people in Winnie whose houses were flooded, do you think any of those people were saved? Yes or no? Of course. Do you think some of those people whose houses were flooded had prayed that their houses would never be flooded? Let me ask, how many of you at the beginning of hurricane season pray that there will not be a hurricane hit the Gulf Coast? Would you raise your hand? Thank God for that. Let's keep praying that, right? Now, we don't want to pray it to Louisiana or Alabama, but we just, just pray they'll just die out there in the ocean. I pray that every year, June 1st or May 30th, God, I pray no hurricanes in the area. Hedge of protection around my house, my family's house, just all the area to hedge, God. You think some of those people in Winnie had prayed that? Absolutely. How do you explain their house got flooded? What happened to the hedge? Nothing happened to it. When that flood passed through the hedge, God let it through for a purpose. Layer five, the blood. That flood now is sanctified. That flood now has a spiritual purpose to it that it would not have otherwise had. It's not just about the people whose houses were flooded. It's what God might do through that. There was a man... Who's, who lives in Winnie, whose house did not flood. And yet, many of his neighbor's houses did flood. And so he went to First Baptist Church in Winnie, where Samaritan's Purse was set up and where our team was trying to work with Samaritan's Purse. And he said to the chaplain of Samaritan's Purse, he said, listen, thankfully my house did not flood, but many of my neighbor's houses did flood. And I'm just here today to see if I could get some help for them. Could your team come to their houses and help them? And the chaplain said, well, absolutely, that's why we're here. Let me get the address. And he took the information down. And he said to that man, he said, sir, let me ask you, how are you doing? And the man said, well, I'm doing fine. Like I told you, my house didn't flood. And the chaplain said, oh, I know your house didn't flood, and we're glad about that. He said, but I'm not asking about your house. He said, I just feel led to ask, how are you doing? And that man said, well... To be honest with you, not very well. And the chaplain said, well, I can't tell what's going on, but in my heart, I just felt like there's something on your heart and on your mind. And that's why I asked how you're doing. He said, what's wrong? And the man said, well, 10 years ago, no, he said, 11 and a half years ago, I'm sorry, 11 and a half years ago, I got a heart transplant. And it was successful and everything's been fine. He said, but what I'm worried about is when I got that transplant 11 and a half years ago, the doctors told me that this new heart would only last for 10 years. He said, I've already lived a year and a half longer than I was supposed to live. And so I'm worried about how long my heart's going to keep beating 
But what I'm really worried about is what's going to happen to me after I die. Because to be totally honest with you, I'm scared to die. And when that man told that chaplain that, that chaplain tenderly and gently turned that into an opportunity to share with that man how he could be saved. And I guess on the parking lot at First Baptist Church Winnie about three weeks ago, that man bowed his head and prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart. Now, the question is, why did God allow Winnie to have that tropical storm come through there? Well, I can't answer that or any other similar question until we get to heaven. But I know this. When God allowed that to happen, those floodwaters passed through the blood. And when they passed through the blood, they became sanctified for God's purposes. Not only for those there who were flooded, but also for what good might come of that in other people's lives. And when I heard that story earlier this week, I thought, that is such a beautiful way to wrap up my sermon on Sunday. Because basically what that's saying is, when an illness, look at the second point. The second point of the, in your bulletin, I want to just put this in, then we'll stop. When an accident, an illness, a difficulty, an injustice, a heartache of any kind passes through the blood, the blood sanctifies it and sets it apart for God's purposes. That is for what He wants to do in you and ultimately what he wants to do through you. Like he used it in Job's life, like he used it in Paul's life, he will use that situation in your life for your good, for other people's good, and for God's glory if you will respond in faith saying, God, I know when it passed through the blood, the blood sanctified it. And so God, now this situation is something you're using to accomplish your purpose in my life. God, help me to respond appropriately. Help me to respond in faith. Bring something good out of it. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you today that, that we do have a hedge of protection. And God, I thank you that we'll never know until we get to heaven all the things that you have protected us and do protect us from. And God, we don't take that lightly. We thank you for that. And yet God experience tells us sometimes... Illnesses, accidents, tragedies, heartaches, injustices, sometimes those things do get to us. But God, help us today to be encouraged and to know they don't get to us without your permission. And they don't get to us without passing through the blood. And when they pass through the blood, they become sanctified and set apart for your purposes in our life. So that ultimately... Even the difficulties we face can be used for our good and for your glory if we will respond appropriately. With your head bowed and eyes closed today, when I think about some of the things people are going through, it breaks my heart. You may be going through something today that I can't even fathom, but God can. Would you express your faith right now by saying, God, I don't understand it, but I believe it passed through the blood before it ever got to me. And when it passed through the blood, it got sanctified. God, use this heartache in my life for my good 
and for your glory. Well, we're going to stop right there for today, but I want us to think about what, what we've been listening to and, and this whole idea that when something bad comes into our life, as Christians, we know that we have a hedge of protection, and so we know that that bad thing had to pass through a hedge of protection. And part of that hedge is the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I want you to think about what you're going through today. I'm just trying to help you to view your situation from a different perspective. And I want you to think about the fact that before you uh, encountered whatever it is that you're now facing, God had to allow that into your life. Certainly doesn't mean that he caused it. I don't believe for one second that God causes uh, cancer. I don't believe that God causes divorce. I don't believe that God causes uh, people to lose their job. I don't believe that God causes a lot of the things that, that we go through in life or that we might go through in life. But I do believe this, that God allows those things into our life. And when he does, they always have a purpose. That's the beauty of the blood of Christ. The blood sanctifies and purifies it. And it sets apart bad, difficult, painful, hard things for God's purposes and so if we are going to benefit from the things that God allows into our life, we do have to respond properly. And that's why I was talking about at the end of that sermon, we have to have an attitude that says, God, I want to respond in such a way so that this situation in my life could end up for my good and for your glory. And sometimes I'm going through something in my life and I just say, God, I just ask you to take Romans 8:28, that beautiful verse that says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And here's what I pray many times. I say, God, take, that, take the stamp of that verse, dip it in the blood of Jesus, and just stamp Romans 8, 28 across my life and across my situation. And, and I've seen God do that time and time again in my life. And I'm, what I'm telling you is he'll do that in your life if you'll respond properly. And part of responding properly is to ask the right question and to say, God, what is it that you want to accomplish with this? Certainly we can ask God, God, why did you let this happen? Why are you allowing me to go through this? That's not a bad question. But the better question is, or maybe the natural follow-up question is, God, what is it that you want to accomplish in my life? Now, I'll tell you a brief story in my own life, uh, how I saw God bring something very good out of something very bad. I had gone through a very, very difficult situation in my life. And I remember one night I was exercising at a gym here in, in Houston, and I prayed, and I was walking on a treadmill, and I said, God, what do you want me to do now? And I felt God spoke to my heart, and I just felt like God said, John, what I want you to do is to focus on me. That's all you do. In fact, I felt like God said for me, to me, I want you to focus on me for the next two years exclusively. Don't you even think about anything but me. And so I tried my best to do that. And for me, it was during that two-year period that I came to the full assurance of my salvation. I'm one of those people who had grown up in the church, and I really believe I was saved when I was a child. I really believe that. But when I got older in life, when I got to be a teenager and then into my adult life, I had lots of doubts and questions about that. And so it was in those two years after I had asked God what he wanted me to do that I got my salvation settled and came to the full assurance of my salvation. And now I can look back on that experience and I think God is bad and painful and difficult and, and unfortunate and sad and whatever all negative words I could think of as that was, 
God, you've brought something so good out of it that I could never thank you enough. And so today, let me just say this. It may be that God has allowed you to face whatever it is that you're facing so that you could get saved or so that you could come to the full assurance of your salvation. And so if you don't have that peace and that assurance, would you just pray right now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me and I trust you to do it. And friend, if you have prayed that prayer, he has heard it, he has answered it, and that may well be the good that God had in mind when he let that problem pass through the blood. We hope that today's message has been a blessing to you. You can find this message on our website, Peace by Believing, under the broadcast tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Rabbit.